Welcome to the Holiday Let Success podcast, the show for short-term rental professionals, hosts, and owners worldwide. I'm your host, Elaine Watts, and I invite you to join us each week as we share actionable strategies, top tools and resources, and interviews with leading industry experts and successful holiday homeowners. We ask them to pull back the curtain and teach you exactly what you need to do to do the same. Are you ready? Here we go. I'm really excited today to welcome Chris Morn. Now, Chris is the founder of IPAC, which is the verification platform that approves property owners and rental agencies around the world, protecting travelers from rental fraud. Now, what that means in real terms, though, is protecting families planning exciting holidays. They're looking forward to creating special memories together from having their long planned and awaited trip only to find their dream villa they paid the huge 5,000 deposit for doesn't actually exist. The knock-on effect of protecting travellers is protecting us and our industry. Chris, welcome. How are you? Very well. Thank you very much, Elaine. Pleased to be here. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you join us. I'm really interested to find out more about IPRAC. So let's start off with a bit about you. Tell us a bit about your background and, and how you got started in the holiday lit industry. Okay. Um, well, basically, I mean, I run a, a premium rental agency actually on the south of in, the, in Cannes in the south of France uh, which I created yeah it's pretty nice <laughs> um, which I created back in 2000 so I've been in the industry nearly like coming up to like 20 years being in the industry for that long obviously you can get uh, you know you, you, you come across with a lot of insights and how the how the industry's developed um, so generally that's where I've been so 20 years on the south on the French Riviera amazing and, um, yeah yeah so that's where so, I'm from. Great stuff. Where, where are you from originally? I detect a bit of an accent and I forgot to ask yeah. you when we were on a call together previously. Yeah, I'm originally from Durham, the north of England. Got so, it, uh, got I'm it. Sure, yeah. Yeah. You can but, still uh, hear a little pleasure. bit of that accent. <laughs> uh, you don't lose, I don't think you lose that even coming to live in the south of France. I don't think you can lose the Geordie the accent. It's not easy. No, it's a good one to keep. It's a great accent, great accent. Well, the French, the French seem to like it, so it's, uh, I'll, try and keep, I'll try and keep it as long as I can. <laughs> Perfect. So let's have a look at IPRAC. Tell us why IPRAC is named that way. What does IPRAC mean or stand for? Well, basically, I mean, when, we decide, when I decided um, IPRAC uh, needed to be uh, launched in terms of you know to, to tackle rental fraud um, before IPRAC was launched really I mean we had to go through quite a lot of research um, prior so it, it was trying to find that balance of what we were trying to achieve um, and when we are kind of an approval certification um, we came up with the you know with the analogy that it would be international property rental approval certification so the word IPRAC all blends in to that meaning. So it's International Property Rental Approval Certification. Brilliant. Okay. So so because we've we've started to touch on all that research that went into creating IPRAC and, and getting that perfect name, what actually inspired you to get to the point where you're like, well, something has got to be done. I mean, being in the industry for, for you know for so long, I mean, we watched you know the the rise of the booking platforms such as you know Booking.com and Airbnb and HomeAway, 
<clears throat> and although we were kind of more in the corporate world, because uh, our agency more offers accommodation for the corporate world, attending the conferences in Cannes, we did get a lot of requests for, you know, like summer holiday rentals, villa rentals and things, you know, because Cannes is such a destination for holidays. And back in 2014, uh, we had a, well, basically it was a woman, a distressed call to our office, um, which is a woman who'd arrived in Cannes with her family, with her husband and three children. And they had arrived at an address up in Super Cannes, which is quite an affluent area of, uh, of Cannes. And basically they'd arrived and the 15,000 pounds that they'd spent on their luxury villa, their villa didn't exist. And what? yeah, so in a bit of a distraught panic, the woman was asking if we could help. I mean, obviously she was quite relieved that when she called that we were English speaking because uh, that can also be a bit of a problem speaking different languages. So we actually sent a driver to pick her up and brought her back down to our office where you can imagine, you know, three children. I think they were around like seven, five and four. Uh, so they didn't really know what, yeah, they didn't really know what was going on. The husband was in kind of shock, but he was kind of also in a little bit of the blame game because it wasn't him who booked it, it was his wife. So he was kind of, yeah, so they, them two were kind of, had a little bit of an argument going on at the same time of how can you be so stupid and you know on this so basically this was all going on in our office and once I kind of got to the bottom of it and said well how did it happen where did you book did you book from a platform where you're introduced was it a family friend they explained to me the whole story from the booking of it which was about four months prior to the actual arrival date right um you know so once we got to that, basically I said, look, you know, you don't want to be spending your whole holiday sitting in our office. So what we're going to do is we're going to, we put them up in a luxury apartment that we own as an agency and uh, we let them have a 10 day holiday on us. They'd already spent such a large amount of money. You know, we got them kind of settled in different things, but you can imagine the, the emotional state that we're in as a family and, and, the, and the wife was just, you know, she just couldn't really explain how it had happened. Yeah, she must have been so, bits. That's horrible. Yeah, I mean, this is the this is the thing, you know. I mean, it's kind of you're expecting to arrive and get into a nice villa and start jumping in the pool, and you're sitting on the side of the road with six suitcases. It's just it's a difference to what you expected, you know. Very much um, so. Yeah. So what we did was uh, we let them kind of go and settle into the apartment, and I said to them, you know, look, come back in a few days when you've when you've calmed down a little bit, and we'll try and get to the bottom of it. We can see if we can introduce you to the right people in terms of, you know, like a police report and, and speaking to your insurance and, you know, we'll try and help them out a little bit and, and see what we can do. Yeah. But it was kind of them, but it was them two days for me when I was kind of sat at home with my wife and, you know, and I've got three children myself and I was kind of thinking, how can this happen? I mean, how can somebody arrive in a foreign destination and lose 15,000 pounds? And yeah, all that, that holiday, those plans, be abandoned, stranded. Yeah. I mean, there's so yeah. many just horrible, horrible repercussions. Yeah, huge. I mean, so, you know, my wife kind of said to me, you know, I said, well, you know, what can we do about it? You know, and I kind of thought, well, you know what? I think there is something we can do about it, actually. But, you know, without being rash and starting making quick decisions, I needed to kind of look at it and think, okay, we're going to start to, invest some time and money in the research which was needed to be done to see if there was anything out there that was kind of to protect travelers from falling victim to rental fraud 
yeah. and there wasn't. So, you know, so it was all about kind of speaking to some, you know, high end web developers, you know, technology experts to kind of work out how we could come up with a, with a concept that could work for both the private owners and also the travelers, because, you know, I mean, we're not saying that every, every beautiful listing on online is a, is a fraudulent operator. The problem is it's very difficult to understand who is fraudulent and who is not. Yeah. So quite. This is, yeah. So, so, the thing with this, this lady that you, you, you mentioned as the, the family arrived and the husband and wife and the lady's left feeling stupid and he's like, how can you have done it? How can this mm. have happened? Well, she would have had no idea because having spoken to you, these criminals are extremely sophisticated when it comes to rental fraud. And what sort of, how can you actually tell the difference? Ah, so, I mean, you need to be a trained eye now. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, the, 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 the level of sophistication that fraudsters have gone into um, in terms of like, you know, even to the psychology of, of knowing how to present photos, how to present descriptions, you have no idea. I mean, unless you're a trained eye, you know exactly what to look for and have the technology to be able to do, you know, like reverse imaging and, and check and spend the time. I mean, a lot of it, if you give somebody the time, I mean, a lot of us are, you know, pretty intelligent people, you know, yeah. I mean, which a, lot, a lot of people are running businesses, their family, very intelligent into how they want to, to run their finances, their lives. And people are just, they don't have the resources or the time to be able to go, you know what, I'm going to spend a couple of weeks just making sure that this operator is legitimate. You no, probably no. could. Yeah. You probably, you know, if you're, you know, you probably could do some research and you know, but that's not how the, that's not how the holiday industry works. You know, you no. want to go online, you want to find that property that suits your requirements in terms of like, Oh, we want that pool. We want five bedrooms. We want to be here. We want three bedrooms on this floor. And once you find that property that matches your requirements, that's when the psychology turns into, I want it. Yeah. This is the property. This is the property I want. And what generally happens is that the fraudsters can generally have a look around the, the internet and see what the average price, legitimate price for this type of villa is, for example. Yeah. So let's say the average price is looking at around about, most of the villas are looking at around about 6,000 a week, for yeah. example. So what the fraudsters are going to do, they're not going to go in at 8,000 because they're not, you know, they're not in a competitive market. So what they do is they list the property two to 3,000 euros lower than the average, which obviously attracts the traveler to think, oh, found a good deal here. Yeah. You know, and that's one of the, um, that's how they kind of use the psychology of price because everybody in today, you know, in today's world, you are looking for value, but, you know, part of the value is always about price as well as quality. Of course. And that's what fraudsters, you know, and that's what fraudsters are able to do. They're able to, to delve into the psyche of, of that holiday family and say, you know what, they're going to be looking for budget, but they're going to be looking for quality. So that's what we're going to list. And that's what attracts the travellers to, to go on to a fraudulent listing. That's, it's absolutely horrible that, that this exists, that they're so mm. sophisticated that they're actually putting a lot of time, effort, investment into it to, to prey on travellers rather than the holiday homeowner. But it does actually affect the holiday homeowners as well, because this is our industry and it's, it's being tarnished by, by criminals. Mm. 
seems to be quite widespread because you and I talked about a recent article from Easter weekend where we, and there was another yeah. family that traveled and found there was no place for them having lost around about 5,000, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, 5,000 pounds, yeah. Mr. Mr. Kennedy, Angus Kennedy, he was, did arrive in main, mainstream media. The problem with that is, which I would like to discuss, which I think is, is important for people to understand, is that rental fraud comes with a lot of um, emotional baggage in terms of if you've fallen victim to rental fraud, then or any type of fraud in, in as we speak, but rental fraud is, it becomes, a, this is one of the things that I realised speaking to the lady who got, who got frauded in 2014, was that her emotional state was really a huge problem because, you know, it was financial. It was kind of, she devastated her whole family. I mean, the shame and guilt behind it was really, uh, wasn't not surprising, but it was very like devastating to see. Yeah. Um, that it wasn't just about, oh, I've lost 5,000 or I've lost 15,000. There's a lot more goes into the psychology and the emotional state of people who fall victim to rental fraud. So one of the biggest issues with the, with the property owners is that they don't feel it's a big, um, the problem is so widespread because nine out of 10 victims don't report it. Yeah. I mean, these are stats that IPRAC have actually completed by asking like a hundred uh, travelers in terms of, what would you do if this if this happened? Would you book accommodation uh, from somebody you didn't know? Um, so we did get stats on it, and nine out of ten people said, depending on the amount, would you report it? And nine out of ten said they would just put it down to a bad experience and they wouldn't they wouldn't report it. So so what's happening is this does not this means that the actual size of the problem is not is not as big as as people realise it is. Yeah, so there's actually more that goes unreported that we never actually hear about. Yeah, it, I would say 85% of fraud victims are, are not, are, are, we're unaware of them. Yeah, and we, not... as IPRAC, and yeah, I mean, IPRAC's quite a profound um, website platform for rental fraud as a whole. So we do get quite a few, you know, we get a few emails coming into our media site saying, look, you know, we think that we've been frauded or we're worried about this villa. Can you help us? And you know, we do help people in terms of advising them. One of the biggest things is trying to get people to talk about it. Yeah. And when you say, well, look, you know, we need to get this, this story out to the media to help other people, um, other families and other businesses and other individuals to stop them from falling from rent to fraud. And you know what? They just don't want to do it. Yeah, they just don't want to go. They, they, yeah, they, they just don't want to go alive. I mean, they feel ashamed. It's like, yeah, but what, what are the guys down at, the, at work are going to say? What's, uh, you know, no, I just don't want to say anything. So yeah, that's problem, horrible. Yeah, I can really understand yeah. the way that they would feel with that, but they've not done anything wrong. Well, yeah, that's, the, that's the thing with shame. You know, yeah. I mean, you, you even know when you feel you haven't done anything wrong with the emotion of shame and guilt is still there, you know, because yeah. it was like I said back before, you know, the husband of the, of, the, of, the, of the lady who was scammed in 2014, he was blaming her, but he knew deep down it wasn't her fault. Of course. You know? Yeah. It's just also that, emotional and raw yeah. and painful and just absolutely horrible situation. But, yeah. yeah. And I mean, that kind of scene, watching stories on the news, or looking at articles in the mainstream media, um, you know, it's, it's devastating to see. 
Yeah. But what touched me, what touched me the most was actually this family was sitting in my office. Yeah, of course. It's even and, more you know, real. You can see in front oh, of you instead of just reading yeah. an article. Exactly, mm. just all these raw emotions right in front of you. It must have been really difficult. Well, I can see why that yeah. would give you a, a boost. Yeah. Go ahead and, and try well, it. Of course. Get your hands on all the free resources from the Holiday Let Success podcast today. Head to hlspod.com forward slash resources where you can join our HLS members hub today. I look forward to seeing you on the other side. If you think about three children, you know, yeah, but I thought we were going to be on holiday and, you know, and, and I think a lot of the problem is that so many people, <laughs> you know, what, you think I could get scammed? I'm too smart for that. These sophisticated fraudsters. Yeah, there's no uh, reason, no way of telling between what's real and what's not in many cases. Not now. Ten years ago, fraud existed. You know, it was very easy to spot fraudsters uh, ten years ago because they, they were unable to write a, a description in English that was, you know, like, you know full of the correct grammar. Yeah. Uh, the, photo, the photos were horrendous. But over the last ten years... Well, they the honed their skills, yeah, massively, massively. Yeah. But it, it's such, it, but it's 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 easy money. I mean, we all know as business as business owners or or anybody who's in the working working as a, in any industry, you have to earn to earn money is not easy in any industry in any business, and we all suffer in, in terms of of trying to get that balance right of earning money and paying your bills, and so. But the fraudsters don't have to do that. They've got nobody to pay. Yeah, set themselves. This is, this, yeah, this is it. I mean, this is like 100% profit. They're not, they don't need to pay the owner. They've got no intentions of paying the owner because there isn't an owner. Exactly. So all of it, their prime, their prime motivation is to get two or three, four thousand pounds or euros off, off, off somebody and then walk away. Yeah, perfect. Leaving Business that person or family devastated. Yeah. Definitely. Well, I mean, I mean, yeah. When I was asleep at night. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. How do people sleep at night? So let's see what IPRAC can actually do to help people who are wanting to book a fantastic holiday in an amazing place, mm. direct or via a booking site. How can IPRAC help from a guest perspective? So how can IPRAC help the traveller know that the place they are booking is real? Basically, what IPRAG do, we approve legitimate operators around the world, whether it's apartments or villas, uh, they apply to become IPRAG approved. So part of that process, we, they apply online, but they have to provide a lot of data in terms of passport, bank accounts, proof of ownership. Company, if it's a company, they have to provide certain company documents. Depending on which country it's in, the documentation is different. But... So when we get this application in, we then go through a two to three week period doing all the relevant checks on that individual or that company prior to approval. Members, once they become approved, they have a live public uh, iPlac profile, which on the profile it states, it shows the, the last five digits of the bank account that you should be sending money to, the email correspondence that you, that you should be using so that there's not a fake email uh, the telephone numbers what you have to do is you have to use the the, the iPad profile and that will help you to to justify that this owner is legitimate and when you pay an iPad member for your rental 
your rental payments are 100% guaranteed through the IPRAC guarantee. Brilliant. Now, you mentioned um, an IPRAC profile. Now, is this a profile on the IPRAC website or is this something you can put onto your photos for a listing or onto your website if people are booking direct? When you become approved, you get three official documents. The online profile, which shows obviously your, your, your photo, your name, your, your bank account details, so, and all of the photos of the property. You also get your IPRAC logo. So the logo is probably more interesting for people who have their own websites uh, because they can put their, their IPRAC approved logo on their website or on their property listing. In the actual logo, there's their unique IPRAC uh, ID. And that is what on the IPRAC website, you type in the IPRAC ID number in the search box and it goes to that, that specific IPRAC member where you can check out all of their personal details. Perfect. That sounds really good. So that's, mm. it's somewhere that we as owners can display that we have gone through this process. We've proved we are who we say we are and that these are the photos of the properties we say we've got available for rental, for short-term rental. And from a traveler's perspective, they can see straight away whether they're on our website, whether they're having a look at IPRAX website or whether they are looking at a listing site, we have been able to display, including our membership number, that we are part of IPRAC, and we've gone through this process, helping to put their mind at ease. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's like the, if you think about ABTA for the travel industry, IPRAC is like the guarantee for the short-term rental industry. Perfect. So if you, can, if you can look at the IPRAC, if your IPRAC approved, then you're kind of like the super host, if you want to call it. Um, exactly. You know, the, the, the legitimate property owner. And that means that the traveler feels their rental payments are guaranteed and they just feel so much more comfortable that they're renting a property from somebody who's gone through rigorous approval process. That's brilliant. So if we as owners want to, to go through the process, we, we definitely know the benefits now it sounds very very easy to do what are the costs involved as an owner is it a price per property is it a one-time cost or is it a yearly let us know how that works for a private owner it's 399 pounds for the year for one property each property has its own profile because there's so many uh, different documents to approve one profile covers one property but it's very detailed Got it. Okay. Now, from the traveller's perspective, is it possible that they are they can come onto the IPRAC website and see a list of everybody that's approved with IPRAC? So they can come straight to you and then look at all your approved people from there? No, no, we don't offer it as a as a direct. So you know, we're not a marketing platform. Got we're it. a verif- we're a verification process. So we are like what we class as the bridge of confidence from the direct booking. So a traveler booking directly with an IPRAC member, the confidence is there. Got so, it. We, so generally when they find a property they like, that's when they can either ask, are you IPRAC approved? If they're not, they could possibly send IPRAC a email to say, look, we're really interested in renting this villa. Uh, maybe they, you could help us out and give us some, some tips and advice on how to make sure that it's legitimate or not, which Great we do. Stuff. Great stuff. Yeah. 
That's, yeah. That sounds absolutely great. So you've got the support there for, for both sides. You're helping us as owners show that we are real and giving us the ability to, to show everybody, yes, we've been approved via IPRAC. This is IPRAC. And from your point of view, if somebody is found somewhere, they can come to you and just say, give us some tips on how to make yeah. sure that this is going to be a true booking. Like early this year, we've had quite a lot of, of orders who have called us in basically because the travellers asked them if they're IPRAC approved and they weren't aware of what IPRAC was. Got so it. they've kind of come, they've come to IPRAC and said, look, we've had so many people asking us if we're IPRAC approved. We're not. What is this? And when we can explain to them what we do and how it can benefit them as a property owner to differentiate themselves from the fraudulent operators, you know, they, they just see that the, the, the whole benefit of, of what it is i mean to become approved to, to kind of say look i'm professional i'm legitimate but how do you prove that well through iprac you, you you become iprac approved and you get that stamp of authority and and stamp of confidence so we i mean we love it obviously but i mean we just we feel that how we've built the platform is benefit to of course property owners rental agents and also the traveler so everybody's everybody can benefit from this the only people who don't benefit from IPRAC is the fraudsters, and that's what we're all about. Absolutely. You know, getting, getting rid of the fraudulent operators. Excellent. So your, your goals for the future are to, to make sure that every owner goes through the IPRAC process to eventually stamp out all of the atrocious criminals operating as rental fraudsters. Yeah. I mean, you know, we believe that education is the key because there's so many people who are unaware of the problem. There's so many people who are unaware of how big the problem is, unaware of how sophisticated the fraudsters are. So if we can get people using the IPRAC, the IPRAC system, the platform, whether you're an owner, whether you're a traveller, then all of a sudden it's just going to create a different world to how people rent property because yes. they're going to be renting property with no in a in a way of confidence because one of the biggest things that when you book a property to rent let's say in january for august you've got like a six month period where you're waiting in anticipation whether you don't really know when you arrive if that villa is going to be there or not really i mean let's yeah. be honest it's like there's no guarantee you know so booking platforms are not 100 percent secure which a lot of travelers believe that they are but they're not. And again, owners as well, you know, it's trying to educate owners to kind of say, look, you know, you're legitimate. You know, you have no intention of you know, operating as a fraudulent operator. But the problem is, let's say Jeff from, from New York coming to the UK or coming to Italy, he has no idea who you are. Absolutely. So, so what Jeff from New York needs is somebody to say, yeah, but am I track approved? Ah, okay. And then we're, then we're good to go. Yeah. You know? But so many bookings fall down at the last hurdle uh, due to the, the confidence factor. You know, they find the property, they have some communication. This is the price. We like it. We love it. Here's the contract. Pay the money. That's when that guy from New York goes, mm, this is real. This is, I just don't feel right. So, yeah. so many bookings, so many bookings to, to legitimate operators fall down at the last hurdle because of the confidence factor. Yeah. But if you can show if you can show your potential clients that you've gone through an approval process and that you're a legitimate operator, then you're going to increase the amount of bookings you get because people have that confidence because the IPRAC logo is recognized worldwide for the logo of confidence for the short term rental industry. Absolutely. I think it's it's such a great thing to have. And I think one of the things that you that's 
that you've been doing recently was you attended the Short Stay Show, which took place on the 14th of March, 2019 at XL London. I know you're involved with the show and this platform just lends itself perfectly to be part, mm. being part of the STAA, which I've talked about on the podcast before, Short Term Accommodation Association, who are yes. there to try to to lift the profile of our industry and when just as well as lifting the profile making sure that it is a brilliant way to travel and one of those yeah. ways is using iPRAG so so you are part of the short-term accommodation association am I right in saying that yeah yes yeah we are we're a member of the STA yeah and, yes. and we support we support massively the STA but I mean the, the STA are operating in the in the UK in the UK only uh, where IPRAC are international so when somebody's looking for a property in the UK the STA are looking at their approval scheme which is fantastic you know I mean it, anybody who's doing anything that can verify legitimate orders has, has got a tick in my book um, I believe that what we're doing is a little bit on a larger scale because we have to incorporate you know multiple countries because you know people from the uk want to travel to spain of course people from people from spain want to travel to the uk people from the, the states want to travel to italy so what we're doing is we are like an international standard of approval which is really difficult to do but in terms of the, but that's why it took so long for us to develop the platform yeah and, 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 and the investment money that we had to invest to get to where we are today but anybody, you know, but I mean, the short stay show is great because that was the first show dedicated to the short term rental industry in the UK. And we were a sponsor and we had some great feedback from industry professionals. And I think being at the short stay show was, was great to be able to showcase what we do, the technology behind what we do. Rental fraud needs to be stamped out and nobody has attacked it. Yeah. Nobody. So we're the leader in what we're doing here. So... But I think in the next two to three years, if you're a private property owner or a rental agent, if you're not IPRAC approved, then you're going to lose out within the industry because travellers are not going to be taking risks as more media comes to the to the mainframe and, and explains the, the situation of rental fraud. So it's going to, yeah, it's going to come, you know, so. Yeah, I agree. Also, this is the speed at which our industry is growing. Something, you know, that there's got to be some form of, regulation proof and industry yeah. standard and i think yeah. is part of that which i think is it's exceptional that you've you've seen this absolutely awful thing that needs sorting out and and iprac was born because of it and and that's absolutely great so thank you so much for taking the time to come and explain it to us today my pleasure if you're thinking about moving forwards with iprac and and looking at the future of our industry what do you think, just want to draw on your experience, because I know you've, you've been in the industry, as you say, for about 20 years. Do you, do you have like a guiding philosophy or a principle that you think would help individual holiday homeowners in today's market, aside, of course, from being registered with IFRAC? If you're entering into the short-term rental industry right now or, or in the last two to three years, you'll understand that it's a very, very competitive market. So standing is very important. Um, because the way that you present your property is, is, is key. But I think the way that 
the industry is going to change in the next two to three years is through direct bookings. A lot of people today are talking about booking platforms, Airbnb, booking.com, uh, but they're becoming quite saturated. So owners are listing on the property, uh, on the platform, but they're not, they tend to be getting charged quite a lot of commissions. So they tend to go towards direct booking. So I think becoming verified to, to show your legitimacy is probably going to be the key factor to move forward. Uh, within the next two within the next two to three years but keep your standard up i mean that's that's key you know raise your standard for every letting you know every rental you do find out how you how your guests experience was and work on it and always look to improve what you're trying to do i think legitimacy and quality and and raising your standard is uh is key for the future I think that's such good advice. Thank you so much for taking the time to come talk to us. Before we go, let us know how people can find you, read all about IPRAC and get listed with IPRAC. Well, the easiest way will be just to go to the IPRAC website, which is www.i-prac.com. And the contact us page has all of our our media emails, my personal email, um, and all the other staff and senior members of, of IPRAC are all listed there. So you can quite easily get in contact with us through, uh, through our contact us page. Fabulous. And I will of course make sure that that website and how to get in touch with Chris is all listed on the show notes page for this particular episode. Just go to hlspod.com forward slash I hyphen prac, which is P R A C. And you will be able to get in touch with Chris there. And of course, have a read of all the different things that we've talked about today. I will link up to Angus Kennedy, the, the guy that we talked about at the beginning, who's one of the, the people who has been brave enough to talk, talk out loud about what happened to him and how he was frauded over the Easter weekend. Him and his family, they traveled and found there was no place for them. So you can read all about that all about IPRAC, all about Chris, and a bit about the Short Stay Show and, and your involvement there, Chris, as well. I'll make sure I link that up on the show notes page too. So thank you, yeah, Chris, yeah, once more for coming to speak to me today. It's been a huge pleasure, and hopefully we'll keep in touch, and we're going to see you grow and, and help our industry grow and, and become something up, yeah. even more amazing than it is already. Well, that's the, that's the plan. We want to grow it so that we can protect travellers and help legitimate operators move forward within the industry. So it's been a pleasure to be on the podcast and I hope, and I hope to speak to you soon, yeah. Great stuff. Thanks again, Chris, and bye for now. Thank you, Elaine. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Holiday Let Success podcast. But remember, it doesn't need to end here. Find us on Facebook at the Holiday Let Success podcast community, where you can join a group of like-minded, proactive holiday homeowners just like you. And don't forget to check out the website, hlspod.com, where you can join the HLS Learning Hub, our free membership site, where you get access to all of the free resources that'll help you towards your holiday let success. Bye for now.